it's time for us to take the reading of the Word of God. And it's taken from Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Shall we open to Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. I read. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Amen. Amen. Here ends the reading of the word of the Lord, and may he add his blessings to his word. Amen. Amen. We would hear the word of God preached to us from our own pastor, Reverend Kinsley Quasi, in charge of the Shashi campus. I submit myself to the Holy Spirit. I please ask that I would decrease, that Jesus Christ will increase as we speak his word. Let not one man, let not one woman leave your presence, the same. Father, call us to yourself, to a new commitment. As fathers, as husbands, as children, as church members, as workers for this nation, as workers for the Lord in the church and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I bring you greetings from Reverend Dr. Fred Debe, a senior pastor who will soon join us. And I, I salute my boss, Reverend Dr. Joseph J. Mensah. You see, so when I start preaching, I would try to do what I always do. I want to start with the church. All right, so God in action, it is the broader theme for the year. I hope everyone knows it. If you are Vista, this is what the church God gave to our senior pastor, and we are being led as God in action there now in the future. And this fourth quarter, the, the, the theme is trusting God for a glorious future. Amen? And today, my emphasis or focus will be a call to commitment. Amen. And... I start by talking about the vision of the church. You see, many of you live 
outside Adabraka. And even those who live at Adabraka, there are other churches around here. And I want you to know this is one of the reasons why we come to this church. This is the vision given to us as a church by God that will become a vibrant congregation impacting the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, if you did not know, this is the vision where we are going as a church to be a vibrant con congregation. It will take commitment to see this vision to come. It will not take a wishy-washy, willful thinking. No, commitment. And I, I tried to explain the mission in three C's. I said the mission of Calvary Baptist Church in three C's. So if you don't remember long sentences, like how many of you in the companies, you are now giving short code, dial star 446 you know, because you can't remember all the company services, but you can dial that. You can think about the church mission as to celebrate. That is to exalt God in worship. And we grow towards Christian maturity. You cannot be in Calvary Baptist Church without growing to be like Jesus Christ. Amen? And we do that through connection. That is why we encourage you to go for sheepfold. That is why we encourage you to belong to an auxiliary. Anybody remember 2C plus 1? It happens at connection that you can grow towards Christian maturity. And the last of all, it's your contribution. So can we all say this? Celebrate, connect, and contribute. And to contribute means we are reaching out to the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In our offices, in our homes, in our communities. When we go for fun games, we are inviting friends who love to do fun games to come with us so that the gospel will reach them. Amen. So everything we do, we are guided by our vision and by our mission. Next time I'll talk about our core values. Amen. And my, my preaching is simpler because I'm still young and I'm learning. So I keep it on four piece. So I will do a little proposition after my introduction. And then talk about the purpose of why or why we must commit. And then the process, how do we commit? And the outcomes, I call that the product of commit and what will be your response. So if you heard me before, this might not be new, but for sake of our visitors, I want to go through. And I start my preaching by reflecting on something. And I want you to reflect with me. Are you involved in this church or you are committed? Are you involved in the marriage or you are, you are committed? Are you involved in raising the children or you have outsourced it to the housemaid? Are you a minister or you are a visitor? In this church, being a member is not enough. So the church says you must be a member of good standing. I call every member who has a good standing as the 2C plus 1 compliant. And I will explain. And that means you are a minister. One, you come for celebration services. You show up on our Wednesday celebration service. Amen? And then you go for a shifo. We call that a cell group. So that's the 2C. Celebration and a cell. Plus one. That is why people are in the choir. Choir is plus one. Put your hands together. So if you, don't, if you think you are going for choir rehearsal and it is tough on you and so you don't show up, then you are, it's minus one. It's 2C minus one. If you belong to the counseling and follow-up ministry, if you belong to uh, the shepherds group, and you don't show up for preparation, it's minus one. You are just a member. You are not a minister. And then I'm asking you, did you miss a call? <laughs> this is what I wanted to reflect on as I preach. Okay, so shall we go on? By introduction, 
I, oh, yes, I want to see this picture. If it's far from you, uh-huh, we can see, oh, you can't see it well, eh? But it's, it's about the pig and the chicken story. I think I said it here some years ago. I think 2012 or 2013. Okay, so, so uh, some say that the, 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 the chicken told the pig for them to own a restaurant. Okay, in other cases, they said they saw on the breakfast table and the chicken started boosting. Prof, the chicken was talking about, can you see the eggs? You know, and one of the things I, when I travel, I'm, I'm learning is that eggs are not just fried, though. I hear there's a way they poach omelette. Uh, this one, I was told by Shashi that it is sunny side. Hey, all I know is fried eggs, oh. But in some places, they ask you, sir, please, what, how do you want out your eggs? Do you want it poached? Omelette, sunny side, left side, this, that. I said, please, all I want is fried eggs. Where I come from, I don't know all this. I just want eggs fried. So the chicken is boasting about the contribution. The chicken makes to the breakfast table. Then the pig uh, didn't know what to say. But I said, hey, chicken, you lay eggs. And they use and you talk all about. You will be involved. You are involved in the breakfast table. But for me as a pig, if you want to see the bacon or the ham, it calls that I must die. They must kill me and take part of me to do that. And that means I'm committed. That is why I don't talk plenty. Because you are involved. You have time to talk and complain about how the chicken, how the eggs are done. This morning, the moral of the story is, are you chicken laying eggs for the breakfast table? Or you are pig, fully committed to the choir? Fully committed to the auxiliary, fully committed to your husband, fully committed to the children, fully committed to the work God has given you. That is what I want you to think about. You see, many of us go to church only to partake in church services, give an offering, you know, pay the tithe. And sometimes, sometimes we volunteer to help when it's convenient. So, Pastor, is there any work, you know, that happens once a while? Hey, this Christmas, Christmas tree is coming up. Make some noise. Living Christmas tree. And say, oh, oh, Auntie Katie, do you have anything? So, once a year, you volunteer to help. It is not bad. You are involved. You are like the chicken. You show up. But today, in Christ, we are calling ourselves, including me, to commit to Jesus. Disciples were called to follow and they had to leave everything. Now, some of us came to follow Jesus, but we haven't left everything. We still keep a little bottle of wine and, and, and keep the beers a little bit by the back, back, back side. Uh, we, have, we have come to follow Jesus, but we haven't left our anger. We're still holding on to it. You are involved. You're not committed. Paul stood before Agrippa in defense of the gospel. And I charge you. Many of us will have to defend this gospel in our workplaces. You have to sometimes defend it in the extended family. When the funeral rites are coming and they insist they must do things. He said, no, I, I don't agree to this. This is not culture. This is a belief system. There's different between culture, which is the way we live, and different between believing in certain gods and what they demand by tradition. They are not the same. And so you may have to defend. And Paul stands before Agrippa and he defends and said, Oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to this heavenly call. I was not. I could have been, but, but I stand before you as a man who has fully surrendered. I am fully committed to what I heard from God that day. 
God is calling you and some of you, God has called you. But like we do, we store the number because sometimes somebody bothering you, you don't want to be rude and so you store the number. Don't answer one. I think I heard Bishop Dye preaching that. So store it as don't answer two. So some of you have stored other people's number. Don't answer three. God is calling you. You have chosen to respond to God. Don't answer one. God has called you to be a deacon. And you said, don't answer one. God has called you to be a shepherd. But you are not even interested to go to the sheepfold. God has called you. I hear the Lord calling someone here to a mission, to something. And you know the voice of the Lord. But you, you, you've chosen not to answer because it calls for commitment. It calls for commitment. Preacher, can we go on the slide? So there is this man I read about some time ago, and I want to recommend the book to you. So after the workings of the fruit of the Spirit, as my Facebook of. And the second book, it's free. That one is on PDF. It's an old book, A Cost of Discipleship. Cost of by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And in that book, it talks about cheap grace, and it talks about costly grace. Please stay there. This is what Dietrich says. And by the way, when he had a comfort in America at the time of the Nazi war, he had to return because his conscience was not right. That he would stay in the comfort of America whilst the many believers, many Jews, many people were being killed by Hitler. So he went back to speak his mind. He was put in prison. This is one of the things he said in that book. said, when Christ calls a man, he beat him to come and die. Maybe we have watered the word of the Lord. Maybe we have on some pulpit and on the radio and in some media. But when Christ calls a man, he's not beating him to just come and follow. It is come and die. Maybe to die to their pride. To die to the ego. To die to carnality. To die to self-centeredness. To die to things that do not allow you to be committed. In that marriage, you are too alive. You are not dead. And so you cannot submit as a husband. You cannot submit as a wife. You cannot love enough. There is not much commitment to that marriage. Because when Christ called you, you had him. But you thought it was just to come for the fanfare. But Bonhoeffer says it's, it's, it's a deadly cause. It's, it's, it's tragic. It, it's serious. It's, it, it cost your life. And are you willing to die? And so he says, come with your cross. Today, I'm calling people to count the cost and to hear the call of the Lord and to come along with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's try to finish up. So I propose simply to say that what does it mean to call to commitment? And I say it's a call to decision. I think it was a few weeks ago, I preached about it here to a couple who were getting married. And I said marriage is a call to a decision. Love is a decision. It is a dedication, it's a devotion. Look, when God calls us, he calls us to make a decision to follow and to leave everything. God wants to be number one in your life, but I can, I can bet that there are many things to which you have exalted above God. And today I came to appeal. I know some of you are my fathers and my mothers, so I'm making this passionate appeal that God is calling you to a decision. To a dedication. Dedication to good works. You know, when we read from Romans chapter 12, it says that it's a call to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul had been talking about theory and doctrines from chapter 1 of Romans. Oh, concerning justification, concerning grace, concerning glorification. And it comes to chapter 12. He said, let's get real. Be, be, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God. 
that you present your body as a living sacrifice. Think about that for a moment. That is the call God is calling us. As what? A living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. Today, we don't talk about Holiness often, because everybody is eager to know about the three steps to get to the top, to get five steps to succeed in the marriage, but you are not willing to commit to that marriage. You can know all the steps, you can read all the books, you can actually go for the prayer meeting and receive prophetic word and be soaking the oil, but without commitment, it will not work. You need some commitment. It's too easy to come to church to complain what the Dickens didn't do right. It is too easy to complain why the pastor did not visit me. But ask yourself, when was the last time you prayed for the pastor? When was the last time you called your own Dickens? Say, Dickens, I called to check up on you and to encourage you for the good work you do. You are not committed, but you're expecting commitment from everybody. How? You don't show up on Wednesday prayer meeting. People come to pray and you have the God to stand somewhere and say, in Baptist, we don't pray. That's why I go for prayer meetings elsewhere. What are you talking about? You are not committed. You see churches look good. You see churches get better and you do nothing here. You struggle to bring your tithe, but you want this church to do more. Hey, hey are they, when are they planting the next church? When you bring your tithe. Oh, I know some of you are committed. You bring the tithe and more. And I thank God for you. Amen. And because of you, that is why we are doing what we do. We planted Amasamai. We are trusting God to plant more churches in Hacho, in Oyibi, and uh, the, we're going to our West Tema area. God willing this year. But the point I want to make is, are you committed to this? So it's a call to know and approve what God's will is. Have you asked yourself? So what I'm doing, is that the will of God in it? The way I'm treating my wife, is that the will of God? The way I talk to these children as a father, is that the will of God? That is why I'm saying you should look into chapter 10. I'll make some few quotes there. That is the proposition I bring to you this morning on my first speech. It's a call to dedicate. It's a call to devote. It's a call to decide that I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I want to live for Jesus. Amen. Why this call? Why this call? Two things I suggest from verse 1 and from verse 5 of Romans chapter 12. Because of all the mercies God has given us. Have you thought about it? That there are more important people this year who died and you are here. People well connected. People with enough resources. People who had better doctors. Look, what? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll be there and they say, go and check your blood pressure. What you see, you go and they say, hey, 170 over 100. Look, somebody had 160 and died in minutes. You have 170, you've been walking and jumping around. It is because of the mercies of God. Let's not take this message for granted. This is why you must commit. The life you have is a lease God is given to you. It's a gift from God. You don't own your breath. Sometimes says, I'm a self-made man. I, I've made my money. I decide to do what I want to do with. I can give to the church what I want. Eh. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, It is the Lord your God who gives you the power to make wealth. Don't forget it. Look, you are not doing the church favor when you bring money to church. As an offering or pastor's appreciation or whatever the church asks you to do. You are doing yourself a favor. You are showing your commitment to all of God's mercies. Can you really pay for your life 
Imagine God was supposed to charge even one, one cent or one CD, one peswa, for every minute you breathe air by the mercies of God. Because of all the different gifts, look, the grace that saves us also accompanied with gifts. And some of you think the spiritual gift is only in prophesying. Today we will see the outcome of what the grace of God looks like. And because of God's grace, you must be committed. God cannot grant you a gift to contribute to the needs of others. And then you sit on that resource. Hey! God will charge you. God cannot make you a shepherd of a sheepfold. And you don't show up for preparation. You don't show up enough to lead the group. And the sheep are scattered. You think God will not hold you responsible? God will not... God will not spare us if we take his gift and his grace for granted. That is why we do what we do. Can I go to my third piece? See, I'm almost finishing my sermon. I don't preach for too long. Why the new commitment? When God calls, we listen and we commit. If God has not called you, you can't do what you do. It's a calling. Uh, let me crack a joke here. So I had this, was it um, uh, a WhatsApp video and he was showing somebody who smokes or no we not see we cry at your friend oh maybe you didn't see that video and he says yeah i've confused the white people i intentionally did that yeah yeah it was just a local joke okay don't take it out so i see we no more to smoke is i said hey even the people on the street understand calling what has happened to the church the guy is wasting his life, but he said he's called. He's called to smoke his life away. And a believer who receives an authentic call to follow Christ with all his life cannot feel the call, cannot hear the call. You almost live like you have a missed call. Hey! God called us. Sometimes it feels like some of us had a missed call. But God has called you. We come as if we are doing somebody's favor. No, we don't. It's a commitment to seek him and to know him. In Matthew chapter 22, 27. It says that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. That is the call. With all your strength. With all your soul. It's a call. It's a commitment to go after souls in our offices. There are many unbelieving friends. We talk to them about soccer. We talk to them about politics. But immediately we talk about Jesus. Therefore, you are offending them. So you don't talk about it again. Politics is no more offensive. Everything else is not offensive except you talk about Jesus. And so you decided to shelve your commitment at the office. You have outsourced it to your pastor once in a while to come and pray for your workers. As an owner of a company, it's a commitment to lead that company towards Jesus Christ. If you believe, say amen. amen. So how do we commit? Three things I want you to take note from the test. We just read from Romans chapter 12. How do we commit? The process of commitment. You will see from verse 4 to 6 that it's a teamwork over one man show. Look, God has called me to stand here, but without the cleanest, making this room ready. None of you will be seated here. Okay? Without the shepherds working through the sheepfold, many of you would have left church and you wouldn't be here. Without the deacons providing an oversight over shepherds, over welfare, over many things the deacons do, we will not have the privilege as pastors to work. 
Without the choir here, this service will be truncated. So it's a teamwork. One man may be standing preaching, but it requires a lot of effort from everybody. Amen? And so God is calling on us from verse 4 to 6 that we should know that this commitment is not a commitment to show off, to focus on yourself that you are the only one. Last time, a big prophet in the Bible called Elijah said, Oh God, I'm the only one. And God said, Who told you? I have 7,000 others. Anytime you are feeling you are alone in this, please do not be discouraged. Sometimes in the office, it feels you are the only one standing for Christ because you are speaking against corruption. You are taking a stand against evil doing. And it feels lonely. But I want you to know how to commit. It's not that it's a team effort. Know that your pastor is praying for you. Know that your deacon is praying for you. And some of you don't know your deacon, by the way. Please look for your deacon. Some of you, your shepherd is praying with you. The members in the small group, your auxiliary, they are praying with you. You are not alone. So when you read verse 4 to 6, it said this gift God is giving to us. Okay? It is not one man. In fact, let, let me just quickly read that. Or if you're able to project it also so we read it together. It says here, because of the privilege and authority God is giving me, I give each one of you this warning. Don't think you are better than really you are. That's thinking you are alone. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. The question I want to ask is, do you feel you belong to one another? If you don't feel belong in this church, it's just because you don't want to join any auxiliary. You want to be madam alone you want to be mr lonely today is a commitment to join a group there are over 13 groups in this church look and remember when i was in youth chapel as a pastor i said if there is no group you like create one create one and tell your pastor pastor i feel so called to do justice maybe i want to go to the children's library and read a book for them once every month once every week i want to take an hour a week i just want to spend that is your ministry be committed. There is so much to do. I, I visited a church in California, Saddleback Church, uh, uh, Dr. Rick Warren's church. And I realized that in that church, there were close to 200 auxiliaries in one church. 200 auxiliaries. How did they do it? Because everybody must serve. You said you've been saved to serve, not saved to stay. A lot of you have been saved to stay. You are a spectator. Even the president of the country said, no more spectators. But I wonder whether those who are citizens are committed. He said, no more spectators. You are a citizen. That means they require a certain commitment from you. How do I commit? Teamwork over one man's soul. Unity in diversity. He said, the gifts are many. The services are many. We are not all the same. We do not put one over the other. The pastor is not important than the deacon. And though the deacon may call a pastor and even decide his salary, the deacon is not important than the pastor. And the choir is not important than the prayer warrior. And the prayer warrior is not important than those in choir. Everyone matters because it requires a teamwork. It requires unity. And I call the last one functionality over aesthetics. What does that mean? There are some gifts that look so nice. But really, you are not committed to it. That's not what God has called you. 
No, it's nice to sing in the choir. I love the choir dress, though I know you endure the heat just well. But you see, every Sunday we see, but you know you've not been called to the choir. And that is why when you are coming for rehearsal, it's difficult for you. So you must look for the calling. You must listen to the call. Maybe your call is to help at the children's library or perhaps to do the backside work. But because the choir is always appreciated, coming to the end of the year, there will be party and they love themselves and like to hang out. And so you love to be with the choir. So you join the choir. That is why I call aesthetics. You are not really called into. Those who are called are excited about the next rehearsal. They are excited about living Christmas tree. They are excited about ministering. Whether they are paid or not. Oh, instrumentalists, they have left. They are instrumentalists who are excited about the things they do. They are committed to play. They are not looking for sole or sabu or whatever they call it. Whether you give them money or not, it's commitment. They want to play for the Lord. Oh, I thought you put your hands together for the Lord. It's commitment. Functionality of our Texas. It's all there in the Bible. Verse 4 to 6. In this grace, God has given us differ. We have different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability, just do it. Uh, the, last, the last one. Uh, I'm talking about product. Product. So what are the outcomes when we are committed? When you are committed, there is something we call the meshes of grace. That's, that's what comes to you. No, there are different levels of grace. The Bible says he will come from above. It's above all things. And God has given him grace without measure. And at our level, we have different. The level of grace on Reverend Dr. J. Mensah is not on me. The how many counseling and the family life issues is handled. That is why I'm surprised that he will write such a book and some of you don't have and you still have family issues. And you will come to him and because he's a nice man, he will not say, go and read the book after I was come for counseling. And then he will talk to you and pray for you. He said, good pastor, eh? Reverend Hammond, he will talk to you. If you came to me, I said, have you read chapter 10? And then come back and let's discuss. We'll have a small Bible study on chapter 10. Amen. I, I want you to know something. That there is a measure of grace that comes. You see, doing everything out of the overflow of grace. See, anything you do for God, you struggle with. You've not been called. You are a square peg in a round hole. I'm telling you. There are people who enjoy their ministry. Look, many of the pastors, we will do this work if even we are not paid. And some of you even are not aware. There are many who are bivocational. They will do other business and still make time to serve. Sometimes you see them as if they have nothing else to do. I, I want you to know that that is a measure of grace. Hello? So Bible says, if you have a, a, a grace to prophesy, do it. If your grace is contributing to the needs of others, don't say that I'm not happy the way they are using the church funds these days. You know, I sat in last business meeting, they didn't apportion enough for the, the, the evangelism team. I'm not happy. So I, I've stopped bringing tight. Hey, hey, is that how? You are, you are, you are, you are like the chicken laying eggs for the breakfast table. You are involved, you are not committed. Committed people, look, Job said, even though he slays me, yet will I trust him. Look, commitment in marriage does not mean the woman will always submit. Does not mean he's always going to cook. Does not mean he's going to be your college sweetheart. But you have a commitment as a husband from chapter 10 here in this book. I read that you ought to still love. There's something he said about meek. And there are men who have lost meekness. Because the stereotype in the culture says every man must be bold 
and authoritative as a lion, then you are in charge, large and in charge. May the Lord transform our mindset that we can be like Christ in our homes who was full God, kenosis, but he self-emptied himself because he was committed. He was committed. He was committed. Uh, we are praying for new men who are committed to their marriage. Who will not say it is good to have a farm, but you need a little garden. If you hear such a talk and they are Christians, know that they are involved in their marriage. They are not committed. When was the last time you looked at the homework of your children? When was the last time? As a father, as a, as a mother. Or you outsource the parenting. You outsource your parenting to the teachers in school, to the Sunday school teachers at church, and then to the house help at home. And you said you were a father because you pay school fees, you provide shelter, you are involved. Definitely you are bringing eggs to the breakfast table, but you are not committed. No, I, I challenge you, you are not committed. When was the last time you went to PTA meeting? Or your school, you don't even know there's a PTA meeting. <laughs> or your wife goes for you. One day surprise your wife said, darling, today I'm going for PTA meeting, I've asked permission. I'm showing up at our children's school. I want to meet their teacher. Do you know the teacher who teaches your children? <laughs> I, I, I finished my message. It is leadership. Let them govern diligently. Hallelujah. No, no, sometimes when you are not a leader, it's easy to criticize leaders. Look, he said, if it is about leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is about showing mercy, let him show. Let him do it cheerfully. You see, what I'm trying to drive home at is, we've been given different gifts and abilities to serve. Do we have, do we have the overflow of the grace to do it? If we don't have, we cannot be committed. We will be involved. We will go through the motions. We will show up, but our heart will be far from the Lord. But this morning, my message is simple. I propose to you that God is calling you to be committed to him. He is calling you that because of his mercies, because of his mercies, because of the gift he's given you, that's why you must be committed. And he says, don't try to be alone. Belong to a team. Play like a team. Amen? Amen. People say, if you want to go far, go with people. If you want to go fast, go alone. Are you hearing me? Be a team player. Be a team player. And last of all, know that there is a measure of grace given to you by what God has called you to do. Every father here, you have a grace to be a father, else God will not give you a child. Every mother here, even if there are 10 children, there is a grace to take care of the 10 children. Maybe it is time to turn over to Jesus and look to him and say, Lord, I need grace for what you've called me. Because the journey is not easy. People will come at you. People will say things about you. Sometimes you will feel like you don't want to sing in the choir again because you are underappreciated. Sometimes you don't want to follow up on the souls again because even the pastor of evangelism has never called to check on you, but you're always checking on new souls. Hello? Today is a call to new commitment. And my prayer is that you'll respond. I gave you three responses here. Ah, uh, prayer of commitment for God and family. Some of us need today to ask, am I really committed to God or I'm involved with God? The way you do your quiet time every morning. It's like you are taking it. Oh, morning quiet time, tick. But you know you went through the motion. You don't even remember your quiet time from yesterday. Uh, am I lying? The, the way you talk with God. 
the way you make time with God. Just you and God. What was the last time you had a Sabbath? Like you had rest with God. That I'm spending time with God. So God is calling us on a new commitment. It's a discipline to have rest. And some of us are restless. Restless. Even in the night, our mind is going through as if we run the world. Please, you don't run the world. Have some time to sleep. You don't run the world. Amen? Oh, some wives are happy. It says sleep. Let the phones go off at 10. Let the computers be shut down. It is time for a new commitment. Maybe a commitment to sleep, to rest. Because your children need you alive when they are 40. They need you alive when they turn 50. If God gives you the grace. Amen? Commitment to God and your work. The way we show up to work. So someone was talking to you. Are there Christians in your church? Do they work? I said, yes, all of them. In fact, I have less than 4% unemployment in my church. I did some survey last year and I realized just about a few people don't have work. Even some of them have now. And I said, the way we work, there are many people who have problems with Christians and our work. Today, it's a new commitment to the way you show up. Some of us go to work early, but we achieve nothing. It's a lot of activity, but no productivity. Would you want to talk to God about it as I bring the sermon? So it is for everyone, from the pastor to the worker. What is your commitment? Shall we bow our heads in prayer? I want you to talk to God. I want you to just talk to God. In a minute, I'm not taking much time. I'll be off from here. From page 107, from the good book, uh, The Working of the Fruit of the Spirit. I, I, I saw this some time ago. Said, the spirit-filled man lost to listen. And he listens to the wife. And there are many of us who are not committed in the small things to our spouses. The spirit-filled man is discerning. He descends from God that whatever you give to a woman, she's going to multiply. The spirit-filled man. There is no way you can be committed without being spirit-filled. And every spirit-filled person is committed by the act of the spirit. I wanted to just talk with God before we, we go into this. And I know there are some here who said, why do I start? I want Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who shows us ultimate commitment. And as we take this hymn, maybe you may be here. And you said, I want to let Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're already saved. You want to pray a prayer of commitment. May this song be a prayer of commitment. Thank you, Auntie Getty. We have a child to keep. And if you are seated, you want to make this church your home, want to make Jesus as your personal Lord. As we sing this song, you may stand, we will pray with you. Our counselors are here. They will stand with you. 